There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. Yes, we do have a story of peace and light, and that peace and light are offered to the whole world even to the people living in the remotest of villages, places where podcasts cannot be heard. These faraway people are kind of like the world's underdogs when it comes to the information revolution. I mean, www means nothing to these people. And a cloud, in their minds, is still something that brings rain. You know, it's my experience that cell phones and Coca-Cola have penetrated just about every ethnic group on the planet. But in contrast, the gospel has not. Did you get that? Coca-Cola is ahead of the church. Now, I'm not anti-Coca-Cola, but contrary to catchy slogans, it is the Lord Jesus Christ that adds life. Oh, An ice-cold Coke has given me a smile more than once, true. But life comes through the forgiveness and life of Jesus. That's the message that Gospel Link believes in. And that's the message being preached by over 1,000 national preachers supported through Gospel Link. And just for the record, if you support a Gospel Link national preacher on a monthly basis, the dividends are far better than owning Coca-Cola stock. Today's story is about a man from Tanzania, or Tanzania as he would pronounce it. This is a true story, and it takes place in one of those remote villages only discovered by Coca-Cola and satellites. Oh, and by a gospeling preacher named Milton. Today's story is titled, That Far Away Village of E. Kondu. Jesus once said, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Jesus was answering his disciples' queries about a local blind man's infirmity. All of Adam and Eve's descendants have inherited a broken planet, a broken gene pool. The second law of thermodynamics reminds every scientist that the world is decaying. Every funeral home is in business because we do not have the ability to reverse aging and death. Disease and disability afflict the least and the greatest, 
being no respecter of race, age, or gender. Yet the Lord Jesus cradles hurting humanity, and in spite of genetic entropy, he has the ability to reveal his glory and his power to the sons and daughters of mankind. It is not the norm to see the Holy Spirit supernaturally heal blindness or disease. But when I talk about seeing God's glory and power, and when Jesus talked about God's works being made manifest, there is more to this than mere physical recovery. God works in souls and in lives. Maybe you have known people that God has healed physically. Praise Him for that. But I hope you have also seen God change the lives of people through sickness or physical suffering. I have been to hundreds of African villages, and the physical needs are real and obvious, but medicine or an operation or even divine healing is only temporary on this earth. The healing of the soul takes place when the knowledge of Jesus and his resurrection and the hope of his coming kingdom are imparted. Faith in him does more than restore bodies. It enlightens minds and hearts. It is with the spiritual birth that people are enabled to see the glory of God. I'm sad to consider that if everyone was happy and jolly on this planet, how many would seek the eternal healing and the glory of God? That is why so often God uses sickness and death to manifest his spiritual power and glory. Just ask the people in the far-off village of Ikondu. Most men in Tanzania look down on Milton Wikungi. Not figuratively, literally. Milton Wikungi stands five foot five, maybe. <laughs> Collegiate athletes have been known to fudge their actual physical dimensions in order to look more appealing to select university athletic departments. And five five might indeed be stretching it for Milton Wikungi. Fortunately for him, Milton serves the Lord Jesus in full-time ministry and has never considered trying to be a tight end in the NFL. Pastor Milton loves the Lord Jesus, having accepted him as personal savior in 1996. He began full-time ministry work only two years later in 1998. Despite being African poor and living in the country of Tanzania, which in most parts is not known for any kind of affluence, Milton and his wife have adopted orphans into their home. These adopted children have their basic necessities met and enjoy the privilege to see and hear what it means to be a Christian. Being a full-time pastor in any country demands full-time attention, but gospeling emphasizes the need to spread the gospel and to go to unreached villages. Since Gospel Inc. first found sponsors for Milton in the April of the year 2000, he has planted a church approximately once a year, sometimes two in one year. You see, Milton Wakungi's ministry not only involves leading a church and preaching locally. No, Milton views himself as a man with a mission. He has never gone to language school, 
and he isn't trying to raise funds to go to another country. He is a national missionary. He is trying to reach his own people and the many surrounding villages which have no church with the gospel. The means and ways of planting these churches vary. Sometimes a need arises, which brings the preacher to the region, or sometimes an invitation is received. In this particular story, the seed for a church plant originated from a woman attending Pastor Milton's home church one Sunday. This woman professed Christ to be her Savior and attended regularly to hear Pastor Winkungi and to learn the Word of God. One afternoon, she approached him with a request concerning her sister. My sister lives, she explained, in the village where we were raised, and I have just recently received word that she has fallen seriously ill. Of course, illness plagues all nations, and Tanzania boasts few villages with state-of-the-art medical facilities. But the woman's greatest concern was for the spiritual state of her sister. Her home village, where she was raised, she explained, was called Ikondu, and no church existed there. That's how far away Ikondu lies. Now, where I was raised in New England, Ikondu would not have even been considered a village. Though not a law, I never saw an incorporated village in Maine unless it had a school, a store, and a church. These were just the basic foundations of any civilized village. However, Ikondu is a long way from Maine. In fact, it was a long way from any church. The question for Milton was how far away was it by foot? You see, Milton Wikungi did not own a vehicle. In fact, Milton Wikungi had not enough income to afford a bicycle. Imagine that, being a pastor and having enough sustenance to adopt orphan children, yet not enough to provide for the most basic of transport needs. For sure, this dear man from Tanzania has his thoughts and his hearts on things of eternal value. Ikondu, as it turns out, lies three hours' walk from Milton's village. We could estimate that to be a mere 12 miles, maybe 15. But remember, Milton's legs aren't as long as yours and mine, so the distance might be closer to 12. Let's assume that's it, 12 miles. In our country, it's nothing to drive that far for groceries, or to eat out, or even to get a cup of coffee. My, how our lives would change if we possessed Milton Wikungi's transport capability. To say nothing of the state of Tanzania's village roadways. Let us just say these roads are not maintained. Who knows, maybe by going foot would be as fast as by car. What Milton needed was a bicycle. What Ikondu needed was the message of God's gospel. By foot, Milton struck out early in the morning with a prayer in his heart and a Bible in his hand. Three hours on short legs, over gully washouts and dry stream beds, passing overloaded bicycles with bags of maize weighting them down, meandering by other squatter villages. 
At first, people greeted and waved to the pastor as he walked through familiar territory. Cooking early morning porridge, a fellow church member called out, Where are you headed, pastor? A village called Ikondu. Oh, so, where is such a village? This way, Milton waved his hand like a compass needle. Three hours or so. Aye, followed by laughter and a wave of blessing. Laughter flows as a natural response to unexpected news of any kind in Africa. So whether they laugh to be friendly, or just to show emotion, or maybe they were laughing at the thought of such short legs traveling so far, it was all encased in happy respect. Upon arrival, Pastor Wikungi indeed found the sister sick. Lying on a straw mat in a shaded straw dwelling, she welcomed this man who knew her sister. They chatted in the custom of Tanzania, swapped stories about the lady they had in common, to one a sister, to the other a parishioner. In a timely and courteous fashion, Milton explained that because he was a pastor, he wanted to pray for her. With no urgent care and no pharmacy existing in Ikondu, prayer was welcome. Pastor Milton prayed for her healing. He prayed for her soul. He prayed for the glory of God. When the visit was concluded, the family gratefully bid farewell and Milton departed on another three-hour trek, this time homeward. But once was not enough. Milton returned again to Ikwondu. He prayed for the lady again. This second visit gave him the chance to explain his faith in the reconciling death of Jesus, which has satisfied the penalty of sin and offers forgiveness to those who repent and who ask for that forgiveness. It isn't every day that out-of-town people happen by in Ikondu, so Milton Wikungi met quite a number of other neighbors. Persistent prayer and innumerable steps paid off. Though the sickness did not abate, and though the woman seemed to grow weaker and closer to demise, she opened her heart to this Savior that Pastor Wikungi exalted and had made known to her. She was born again and entered a brand new life. She didn't get a new body. She got a new life, a life with hope and peace. That life is eternal, praise God. But the body is not. And only two weeks after receiving eternal life, this new believer from Ikondu left her body. Conscientiously, Pastor Wikungi discussed the issue with the sister, and they agreed that the deceased woman should be given a Christian funeral. Funerals are not attended by family only in Tanzania. Funerals are community events. As part of a church community and out of love and encouragement for the bereaved sister, Pastor Wikungi's church members set out to attend the funeral. What a procession! Not just a single pastor weaving up and down the red gullies and sandy washouts, but now a whole church walking all that way 
just to hold a Christian funeral in the far-off village of Ikondu. Needless to say, Ikondu had never witnessed such a funeral. With no church, no believers, how could they? The followers of Christ experience a hope after death. We understand the curse of death, but with it we have an assurance of a future resurrection. To the villagers' amazement, though there were tears, there was no spirit of despair. There were no cries of darkness and hopeless finality from these who called themselves Christians. Instead, dancing and celebration occurred. Now, Africa loves to dance, so this in itself was not unusual. People dance at weddings and at the birth of babies, but this funeral dancing was not carefree and jubilant. It was a methodical dancing in which songs of praise to God were offered in step and rhythm. Songs were sung about heaven, about future reunion, about a new heaven and a new earth. The villagers of Ikondu stood amazed. How can these people celebrate? What do they know that we do not know? Confusion and conversation undulated through the whole village that day. Publicly, Pastor Wikungi took the chance to preach about the hope shared by all those who trust in Jesus Christ. And then personally, he held conversations with inquirers who wanted to know more about this life after death. The people did not only hear this message of Jesus Christ, they witnessed it in the attitudes and actions of these visitors. Sometimes sickness and loss occur so that the works of God can be manifested in the lives of those who indeed desire for Him to be made known. Today, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, thriving church exists in Ikondu. More than 100 people actively take part in worshiping God and learning His Word on a weekly basis. My friends, that's good news. I don't think Ikondu has ever seen a missionary from the USA. I could be wrong, but Ikondu is off the beaten path and not featured on any tourist brochures. But the gospel has arrived and has been received. It arrived not by media or radio, but by foot. Little feet, I might add, on the short legs of a national preacher named Milton Wikungi. I was so encouraged as I prepared this story, for though I have not been to the country of Tanzania, I have traveled to the African continent more than 25 times, and I know how tiring and how hot and dusty those country pathways are. I've also seen villages with no active church. So to relate Milton's endeavors to plant a church in Ikondu was a joy. And then, just days ago, I got a call. My gospeling colleague, Willie Hunter, called me and informed me that Milton Wikungi had passed away. It shocked me a little. Here I had his story all recorded and ready to launch. His photo is on the webpage, and I had looked up the Google Map coordinates 
for Ikondu, and they are also on the webpage for you to see for yourself. I had no idea that Milton Wakungi was sick while I was preparing this episode. Though come to find out, Milton knew his days were few. I'm reading here from the last report that Milton wrote and sent just a few weeks ago to his gospeling sponsors. I greet you in Jesus' name. I have been admitted twice to the hospital, and the doctor has told me that I am suffering from heart disease expansion, which has caused me pain and swollen feet. I have never experienced pain like this in my life. I am continuing with treatment. I was not able to travel and visit the villages. Instead, I used my home to evangelize people who visited me. I thank God because I see the church standing strongly and many of our members coming to my house for prayers and singing to the Lord. One couple, Mr. and Mrs. Mpangama, came to see me. This couple does not attend church and were having problems in their marriage. The problem was drunkenness. I used the time to share the word of God with them. Because I was sick, they were thinking that maybe I am going to die, so they were listening very sincerely. When I was finished, they decided to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. As I am writing this report, they are attending worship at our church. Even in the last three months of his life, Milton was able to pray with 12 people to accept Christ as their Savior. Now, he shares the revealed presence of that Savior. We will miss him. Tanzania will miss him. Ikondu will miss him. But because of his faithfulness and ministry, many from Tanzania will follow him to glory. And that, my friend, is good news. The dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and